Hey guys, uh, like you said, my name is Carrie, and I'm here with the traveling team. And just to give you a little bit of an idea of who we are and what we do, um, so we travel around the United States uh, going campus to campus, talking with college students about God's heart for the nations. Um, and we love getting to spend time with college students. We love getting to worship with you, and we're honored to be here tonight to share um, God's heart for the nation. So what tonight's going to look like is there's going to be two parts to the evening. The second part is going to be right after this main session is over. Um, we're going to give you guys like a five-minute break, and then we're just going to meet right back here, and um, we're going to take 20 extra minutes just to walk through and give you a practical tool to walk away with tonight um, about God's heart for the nations. So that's part two, and we would love for everybody to stick around. You will not want to miss it. Um, and then the first part, what's going to happen right now is Spencer, he's going to come up and he's going to walk us from Genesis to Revelation. We're going to be here forever. Just kidding. Uh, he's super fast and super funny. And so he's going to walk us from Genesis to Revelation in like 35 minutes. So let's welcome up Spencer. Hey, thanks so much, Carrie. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing good. You excited to be here? I'm excited to be here. I uh, mean, it's a real pleasure for me to be able to come and, and even share God's word with you guys here at City Light. Uh, I'm from Kansas, actually, uh, and I actually went to Kansas State University. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but, um, man, I went to Kansas State University, and, uh, man, I'd love to tell you just a little bit about my sophomore year. Uh, my sophomore year, I was living in the dorms. Uh, I didn't have a roommate, and so they gave me one, uh, like a random one, right? And so, man, uh, you probably think that like that kind of like scared me, but honestly, I was like super pumped because I was like, oh my gosh, this guy, this like random roommate of mine, man, he's gonna look like me, he's gonna talk like me, he's gonna dress like me, like we're gonna be best friends. This is gonna be awesome. And so there I am in August, like at my door with my key, and uh, I put the key in the lock and I turn it and I open the door, and uh, the first thing I see are a pair of American flag PF flyers. Uh, the second thing I see are three pairs of Ray-Ban sunglasses. There's like a complete set of like, like exotic-looking black tea in the back and like an entire stack of English textbooks. And I'm like, who is this guy, right? And uh, as I'm standing there like frozen in the doorway, I realize there's someone standing right behind me. I turn around, and there behind me is this international student from China. And uh, he says, hello, my name is Jung Bean, but you can call me Musin. It is very nice to meet you. Like, super scripted, super precious. I mean, the, guys, the, the guy had been in the U.S. for three days, and that was it. But China, y'all, I knew nothing about China, okay? I knew it was really big and, like, really far away, and, like, that was about it. I mean, Musin, I mean, he had a haircut I had never seen before. He listened to music I had never heard before. I mean, the bro, sp bro spoke three languages, okay? Dude was not from Kansas, all right? And that man, he didn't look like me, he didn't talk like me, he didn't dress like me. Um, but man, even just the first couple weeks of, of living with Musin, that, that guy from China, man, we quickly became friends. Like, we did everything together. Like, uh, man, he, he took me to, like, get authentic Chinese food with, like, the secret menu at the restaurants, you know? And uh, I, I took him to his now favorite restaurant, Buffalo Wild Wings, <laughs> right? Uh, he taught me how to speak. Chinese, like a couple phrases in Chinese, um, and I taught him American slang, okay? So just imagine that, like we blew minds, it was awesome. Um, 
Man, he, he taught me how to cook authentic Chinese, like stir fry in our home. And uh, I, uh, I took him to Walmart. <laughs> uh, but honestly, though, like Walmart has everything, right? Like he walked in with nothing. He walked out with like, man, it was like a toothbrush, a box of cereal, like some flip-flops and a watermelon, okay? It was awesome. It was so awesome. And uh, man, here I was, man, just a guy from Kansas who had just grown up with people that, that looked like me, that talked like me, that dressed like me, and uh, man, the world dropped in my lap. Man, I knew God loved me. I'd grown up in church. I, I knew God loved me, but I realized that God loved Mewson too. Man, I realized that God had a heart for Mewson, but I had a heart only for myself. And that scared me. Because when I have a heart only for myself, that means my heart doesn't match God's heart. And when my heart doesn't match God's heart, that means I miss out. I miss out on the, the, the joy that he has prepared for me. I miss out on the eternal impact that he wants to have through my life. Man, I can live with just a heart just for myself, but I'm going to live a short-changed life. And if you guys think about it, man, all of us in here, we all are tempted every single day to have a heart only for ourselves. I mean, we live in America, right? Like, think about it. Our comfort, our convenience, like my car, my schedule, my custom order at Starbucks. But man, when we only have hearts for ourselves, man, we miss out. Because what God cares about, I mean, that's going to matter for eternity. But what I care about, I mean, that could change tomorrow. <laughs> so man, what we need to do is we need to match our heart with God's heart. And uh, man, God has shown us what is on his heart. Man, he's given us the Bible, his word, and to show us what's on his heart. And so literally what we're going to do, man, I know you guys um, are, are, are going through Galatians. But man, I just want to take a, a minute just to zoom out. And just show you guys literally from Genesis to Revelation what's on the heart of God. And, uh, and so, man, to do that, um, man, we're going to start in Genesis. And so, Genesis, in the beginning, God, you know, Genesis chapter 1, God creates Adam and Eve. And the very first command he gives Adam and Eve, the very first command he gives mankind, he tells them to be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth the earth. We know a couple of chapters later, Genesis 3, man sins, kind of ruins the whole thing, like decides to live only for themselves. Uh, by Genesis chapter 6, God hits the reset button, like floods the entire earth. And in Genesis chapter 9, as Noah is walking off the ark, he hears these words from God, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. See, man, God repeats himself because even from the first, very first pages of the Bible, God shows us his heart. Man, he wants to see a world filled with worshipers who know and love him. Man, that is God's heart. He wants to see a world filled with worshipers and know, who know and love him. In Genesis chapter 11, God scatters the nations literally around the world, and that's the context we come to in Genesis chapter 12, where I'm asking the question, man, how is God going to get his heart? Man, how is he going to see a world filled with worshipers who know and love him? And what God does in the beginning of Genesis 12 is God comes down to this man named Abraham, also known as Abram. And he says this. He comes down to Abraham and he says, Abram, I want you to leave your country, your people, and your family and go to the land that I will show you. Does anybody else think that that's like really rude? Right? I mean, like Abram, I mean, he lives where his family is. Like that's where all his friends are. Like his favorite Starbucks is like right down the, right down the street. You know, but God comes down to Abraham and he's like, dude, I don't want you to live in your own world just for your own heart, man. I want you to leave what you know, leave what you love, because I have something better for you. Because he says this. 
thanks. <laughs> he says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great. So basically, God comes down to Abraham, and he's like, bro, I'm going to hook you up, all right? Man, I'm going to give you any, everything you could ever want. Man, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you into a great nation. But don't miss this, Abraham. See, the, the blessing has come to you, but it's not just for you. See, I will bless you, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Guys, God's promises have global purposes. God's promises have global purposes purposes because god comes down to abraham he's like dude i'm gonna i'm gonna hook you up i'm gonna bless you i'm gonna i'm gonna promise incredible things for you but don't miss this abraham it's not just about you and your heart see my 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 promises god's promises have global purposes and and actually this what this promise that he gives abraham he actually repeats to his his son isaac i will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky promise and through your offspring all nations on earth will be will be blessed purpose. And he actually repeats it to his grandson, Jacob. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, promise. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring, purpose. And God's promises have global purposes. And man, this isn't just the pattern that God's setting up for Abraham's family. I mean, this is the pattern that he's going to use for the rest of the Bible all the way to us today. Man, us today, even right, man, we have received incredible promises from God, but man, those promises have global purposes. And man, even as we man turn into some of the more famous stories in the Old Testament, we're going to see the same thing. Even like this one, man, David and Goliath. Man, how many of you in here, raise your hand if you know the story of David and Goliath. Just about everybody, right? Man, yeah, yeah, uh, we know the story. Short dude, tall dude, awesome headshot. Yeah, yeah, we know, we know. But man, and you know, for, for like 20 years of my life, man, I thought like the main theme of this story was, man, I could overcome like any Goliath, any, any challenge in my life if God was on my side. And while that might be true, that is actually not the main theme of this story. See, because even before David walks out on the battlefield to defeat the Goliath, as he's walking out, this is what he says. This day the, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down, Goliath. And the whole world would know there's a God in Israel. See, David understood that God wasn't going to promise David victory just for David's sake. But God was going to promise victory for David so that his name, God's name, would be known in the whole world. And the whole world would know that there's God in Israel. Man, God's promises have global purposes. And it's even the same in Moses and Pharaoh and the Exodus out of Egypt. I have raised you up to show you my power, Pharaoh, so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. And what I began to realize is all these stories in the Old Testament, and David and Goliath, Moses and Pharaoh and the Exodus out of Egypt, Daniel and the lion's den, the Ten Commandments, the dedication of the temple, all these stories have the same theme. Man, God is going to make incredible promises to his people, but it comes with a global purpose. And it's, man, it's the same thing even as we turn into the Psalms. Psalm 67, 1, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. Now, I don't know about you guys and like your pastor here, but man, back in my church, like this is like my pastor's like favorite verse, right? This is how he ends like every one of his sermons, you know, like, man, may God be gracious to us and bless us. Man, as I was thinking about that, it kind of sounds kind of selfish, right? Man, be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. And man, it, it would be selfish if it weren't for the second verse. 
that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Man, why do we leave off the second verse? Man, how easy is it for us just to, to just gravitate toward the verses that are all about us, all about me and my world? Man, be gracious to us, bless us, make his face to shine upon us, and we totally leave off, man, where God is trying to show us his heart and the global purpose that he wants to give for our lives. Man, it's not wrong to ask for God's blessing and God, God's promises, but we can't separate God's promises from his global purpose. Man, one of my, one of my favorite... Uh, one of my favorite weeks every, every summer growing up was uh, getting to go out to a summer camp. Um, and, man, I loved it. My mom, my, my mom came to me, and she was like, hey, Spencer, do you want to spend, like, two weeks out in the woods with a bunch of your friends, like, swim in the pond and have little to no adult supervision? I was like, yes, Mom, I would love to go. That sounds incredible. And uh, one of the things that made it so special was that I had a camp counselor, um, and he was awesome. He was like an older brother to me. And, uh, man, I remember... One night, we were, we, it was late at night, and we were walking back to our cabin, just me and him, and, I mean, there wasn't a cloud in the sky. I mean, the stars shone so brightly, and, uh, man, he, he just turns to me, and he's like, hey, Spence, do you, you know where the Big Dipper is, right? Like, you know, you know where the Big Dipper is? And, like, you know, any, any good, you know, seventh grader, I was like, uh, yeah, I'm American, right? And like any good camp counselor, he saw like right through me. He knew I was lying. And he took my hand and started to point out the dots that make up the Big Dipper. And I promise you this. Ever since that day, I cannot unsee the Big Dipper. All right? Like every time I go outside, like no matter what I do, I'm like, oh, look, like there's the Big Dipper. Like I don't know where any of the other ones are, but I, mean, I know where the Big Dipper. Like no matter what I do, I cannot unsee the Big Dipper. And, man, that's our heart for you guys tonight. Man, as I go verse after verse pointing out the dots of God's heart for the world, you guys would never be able to unsee it. Because despite trying to forget the second verse, forget the second half, man, God, man, he can't help but just talk about what's on his heart. And he does it over and over and over and over and over again. Man, all nations, I want them to know me. The whole world, every tribe, tongue, people, and language, I want them to know me. I mean, God just can't help doing it all the way through the rest of the Old Testament. Really? Verse after verse, book after book, and God's promises have global purposes. And it's the same thing when we turn into the New Testament with Jesus. I mean, Jesus, I mean, if you, do, if you study his ministry, man, he loved all nations, man. He was about the Great Commission. Uh, man, if you, if you look even at the culmination of his ministry when he died and then rose again and then was on, on earth for another 40 days, we actually get with this verse here, Matthew 28, 19, go and make disciples of all nations. Now, we've coined this the Great Commission, but I want to just let you guys know that that's actually a missions myth. And the Great Commission is not just one verse at the end of Matthew, but it's actually five different verses in five different books of the Bible. It just happens to start with the one in Matthew. Go and make disciples of all nations. But it sounds really similar in Mark. Mark 16, 15. Go into all the earth and preach the gospel to the whole creation. And again in Luke 24, 47, repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. And in John 20, 21, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And the last one, Acts 1, 8, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Five different verses and five different books of the Bible. 
And why do you guys think Jesus repeated himself five times? Man, I think Jesus repeats himself because he knows my heart. And all too often, I can get distracted, and I get really tempted to have a heart just for myself and my world, and forget, man, God's heart for the world. And so he repeats it five times. I mean, this isn't like an option to consider. These are literally Jesus' last words. Acts 1-9, Acts 1-9, he ascends into heaven. Like, these are his last words to his disciple on earth. And it's for all nations. I mean, these, these aren't suggestions. These are commands. And so, man, if you, if you follow Jesus, I'm not saying you have to, like, man, give up your career, like, quit your, you know, quit college and go to seminary full-time and go be overseas as a missionary full-time. But, man, maybe God has given you your talents, your major, these opportunities, so you could leverage them to see his name be made famous among places that it's not now. And you guys have an opportunity to do that. But maybe the best place to go to see God's heart for the world is to go to the most famous verse in the entire Bible. John 3.16. For God so loved the world. Yeah. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And for 20 years of my life, I was taught to plug my name into this verse. For God so loved Spencer. And to be honest with you guys, that's absolutely true. Man, God loved me so much. God loves each and every one of you guys in here so much that he was willing to give his one and only son so that we could know him. I mean, maybe you're in here and you're not even a Christian. You haven't made that decision to follow Christ and you're just kind of checking this out. I mean, this is what it means to follow Christ. I mean, this is the gospel. And the gospel says that every single person in here, every single person in the world is made for a relationship with the God of the universe. But the thing is, man, we've all sinned. We've all had hearts for ourselves, man. We've disobeyed God. And man, that sin separates us from God. So we can't have that relationship. But God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. Man, Jesus came and lived a perfect life that we couldn't live. And he died a death in your place and in mine. And then he rose from the dead, overcoming death that we couldn't. So that we could be made right with God. We could have a restored relationship with the God of the universe. And that's the most incredible news in the entire universe. So, man, if you've never made that decision, man, plug your name into that verse, because you can, because God sent his son to die for you. And you can have that opportunity literally right now to trust Christ. Uh, the only problem that I ran into was, man, I put my name back, I put my name in there, but never, I never took it back out. Man, I always left it for God so loves Spencer. See, because, man, I had the promises of God. Man, I had received the gospel, but I had totally cut off the second half of his global purpose. And man, that shortchanged my life. <laughs> and so we, we, we can't do that. And God's promises have global purposes, and he wants you involved in his heart for the whole world. Um, so my, uh, my, uh, my first senior year, <laughs> I had two. <laughs> if you have a victory lap fifth year, it's okay. Totally fine. It was awesome. I loved it. Uh, my, my, my first senior year, I, was, I remember I was sitting in the union, and I was just eating, and, you know, I was just eating dinner, and uh, I was sitting there by myself, and, and this Chinese international student comes in and sits down at a table by himself, like a couple tables from me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, 
I should go talk to this guy. So I mustered up some courage. I'm like, okay, I mean, I'm a pro at this. Like, I mean, I already have a Chinese roommate. Like, I should go talk to this guy, right? And so I go over and I sit down. And I'm like, and he tells me his name. His name is Biao. Um, man, he's been on my campus for four years, just like I had. And he was actually studying in the College of Business, just like I was. And uh, man, it was actually, he was about to graduate. This was in May, the end of this week. And he was going to fly back to China. And he didn't have a car. And so he said, hey, Spencer, I know I just met you. Uh, but man, can you give me a ride to the airport? I was like, yeah, sure, of course. So a couple days later, I walk out of my house, get in my car. I'm driving to his house. And uh, as I'm pulling up to his house, I can see him on his porch. And uh, man, there's this like giant thing next to him. And as I get closer, I realize it's his suitcase. And so like, y'all, this thing was huge, okay? And I didn't have like the biggest car, all right? And so I pull up and I park and, and I pop the trunk and I'm like, all right, dude, let's... Let's see what we can do, you know? And so, man, we're pushing, we're pulling, we're shoving, and, and we finally get this, like, massive bag in my trunk, and I shut the lid, and he goes, oh, I have one more. Like, you got to be kidding me. So we go back inside, and he's like, it's over here. And this second suitcase, I, I, the second one is just as big as the first, okay? Like, this thing is mondo. Like, it's way too, and I'm like, how much stuff does one guy have, right? And so I'm like, yeah, like, dude, what, what's in this second suitcase, man? And he's like, oh, that one? That one's filled with gifts, like souvenirs. And I was like, oh, I get it. And he, he went to, like, the one souvenir store in town, like, bought out all, everything they had, like, packed up the suitcase to take it back home to give to all his Chinese friends back home, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, is this, like, souvenirs, like, gifts from America? And he says, no. These aren't gifts from America. These are gifts from China that I brought four years ago to give to my American friends. Guys, he had spent four years on my campus. And nobody had invited him to church. He had never been in an American home. And he spent four years on my campus. He brought gifts from China to give to us. And then nobody decided to share the greatest gift with him. And now he was going home. And you want to talk about a missed opportunity. And Biao did not have access to the gospel. He didn't have it back home. He crossed an ocean and was on my campus, and he still did not have access to the gospel because nobody shared it with him. Man, Biao was unreached. He did not have access to the gospel. And the thing is, what makes this worse is that Biao is not alone. Because there's a part of the world called the 1040 window. And it's called the 1040 window because simply because it stretches from 10 degrees north latitude to 40 degrees north latitude, basically North Africa all the way through past East Asia. And the reason I'm telling you guys about this box right here is because in this box, this is where 97% of the world's unreached people are. And unreached isn't the same as unsaved. I mean, unsaved means they don't follow Jesus. I mean, there's people all over the city on your campuses that don't follow Jesus. And what it means to be unreached is means, means they don't follow Jesus, and they couldn't if they wanted to. Because they have little to no access to the gospel. I mean, just like Biao, I mean, they, they'll be born, live their entire lives, and die, and never shake hands with a Christian once. I mean, they don't even have an opportunity to reject Jesus, or accept him. I mean, unless somebody crosses the culture crosses an ocean, moves in next door, and engages them with the gospel. 
And guys, this isn't like, you know, 100 people way up in the mountains somewhere. This is 3 billion people. 3 billion people that have little to no access to the gospel. And man, as, as God's people, with God's promises, we cannot be as physical. Jesus died for them. He deserves their worship. And man, they need his presence. And man, when, when we're, we're confronted with something like this, man, I, it, it's just a natural question to be like, man, what can we even do? Man, what, what's even the first step we can take to get involved with something like this? And I say simple. Man, there's two things. Man, we can go and we can send. And we all can be goers and senders. And actually, this is what the part two is going to dig into more. I mean, how do we practically live this out? What does this mean for me as a freshman, as a senior, as a business student, as a nursing student? Man, in my job here overseas, man, how can we do this? Man, we can go and we can send. And so, man, like I like, like Terry was saying, man, we're giving you guys great things to think about right here, but man, your night is incomplete until you stick around for that part two and learn how to take it out of those doors. So, man, stick around for that. Um, man, we can go here and there. We can go here. And when I, when I talk about going here, I specifically talk about reaching out to international students, man, crossing a culture, even just right here in our city on your college campuses. Man, there's over a, a million international students studying in the U.S. this year on our campuses, many of which are from the 1040 window. And, man, there's international families in our community. Man, Omaha is a destination for thousands of refugees. Man, they're in our city. They're on our doorstep. We have an incredible opportunity to, to be a good host um, to when, when they're here. And you guys have even, um, man, global friends that you guys can get involved with to help you guys do that. Um, and so, man, we can go here. We can also go there. Man, taking those trips overseas, crossing a culture to do that. And, man, like, I would, I would encourage you guys um, to, to even do, that, like, a summer trip with City Light U. But, man, Jacob was telling me earlier it's already filled. So maybe I should tell you guys to, like, sign up earlier, you know? <laughs> like, man, those spots are going fast. But, man, you guys have opportunities to do that. And so, man, maybe next time around, like, set a reminder on your phone or something, right? Like, man, get, get on the, one of those trips because a great place to start is to go short term. I mean, if, you, if you're looking for something specific or you need an internship, man, come talk to us. We'd love to help you guys think through next steps that would be, like, custom fit for you and your situation. And that's literally our job. So we want to help you guys do that. Um, so, man, we can go here. We can go there. We can also send uh, by praying, man, praying for missionaries, praying for revival in some of these unreached places, praying for these, uh, man, Christians overseas. And then we can also give, man, giving some of our money, man, giving up something so that we can help somebody else go. Man, maybe you're not going overseas. Uh, but, man, what is one thing you can give up to help the person next to you go? And so, man, like I said, we're going to talk more about that in the part two. Um, maybe we can go here, we go there. We can ascend by praying and giving. Uh, but, man, when I, when I see the 1040 window, man, it, it looks pretty bleak, right? And it can be a little uh, discouraging when you see stuff like that because that is a current reality. Um, but, man, let me, like, God's promises have global purposes. But, man, you could switch that around because we've been given an incredible, man, this enormous global purpose, um, but, man, they come with God's promises. Man, if you will trust God and take a step of faith, man, go on a short-term trip, man, introduce yourself to that international student, start praying every day, man, God has promised that he's going to meet you with that, and he's going to support you, whether you're raising support to go overseas, or you surround you with people to be able to do that. Um, and so, man, this global purpose has God's promises. 
And probably the greatest promise we see is um, in this picture of heaven that we see in Revelation 7, 9. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. And the 1040 window is, a, is our current reality. But guys, man, get excited, because this is a future reality. I mean, God has promised that, man, what he has been about from the very first page of the Bible, and he's going to get. And when we get to heaven, it's not going to be just a bunch of Americans singing Chris Tomlin songs, all right? <laughs> and it's going to be so much better than that. It's going to be a multicultural family worshiping Jesus. And, man, we have an opportunity. Man, you have an opportunity right now to join God in that. That is a sure thing. Man, the entire Bible, all of history is moving to make that happen. And our God will not fail, okay? Man, if you want to live a life that's not shortchanged, man, align your heart with his heart. And his heart's for all nations. And I challenge you guys to do that. Actually, when you guys uh, sat down in your chair, you should have gotten a card that looked like this. Um, and if, if I could just have you grab that and pull that out really quick. On the, on the dark side, the front, uh, are just a list of some of the verses, man, like what I went through. Genesis to Revelation, man, I encourage you guys to look through those for yourself. Uh, but, man, I want to turn you guys' attention to the back. Because on the back is a commitment, and it says this. I commit myself to obeying Christ and declaring his salvation to the unreached world by serving as either a cross-cultural goer or a sacrificial sender. In a second here, I want you guys, uh, man, not only, if you want to make that commitment, man, to raise your hand high, your card high in the air, uh, but, man, before I do that, let me just tell you what this means, okay? Does this mean, like, man, I, I'm, like, signing my life to way, way to be, like, a long-term missionary somewhere in, like, some crazy country? Not necessarily. Does this mean, like, I, I, I'm committing to give, like, 95% of my money to missions? No. Like, you can. You know, I'm not going to stop you. But, man, what this commitment simply means is, man, I want to take that next step. Man, I see God's heart for the world, and I want to begin to match my heart with his heart. And for some of you, that means that, man, you're going to go. And for others of you, that means you're going to sin. Maybe you're in here and you're like, I don't even know which one I want to do. But man, I just want to take that next step. That's what this commitment means. And in a second here, I just want to pray for those of you that want to make this commitment. I mean, this commitment is not, like, we're not picking these up. This is between you and God. And so, man, it, I'd love if, man, if we just close our eyes and bow our heads right now. I mean, if you want to make that commitment to take that next step, towards God's heart for all nations, man, I, I just challenge you to take your card right now and hold it high above your head. And do it, man, be bold. Grab your card, hold it high above your head, because I just want to pray for you. Dear Father, um, man, we love you because uh, you first loved us. Uh, man, we praise you and worship you because you're worth it. And you're worthy of our worship. Um, you're worth, worthy of every unreached person's worship. And that's not something we deserve, and because of our sin, and we, we don't even deserve to know you. Um, but Father, you sent your son to cross way more boundaries, every boundary, to bring us back to you. And, um, and we're, just so, we're just thankful for the gospel and what Christ has done, um, and that we could know you, um, but also that, man, you want to use us to make you known around the world. And so, man, I just pray for the, the men and women before me, um, and that you'd use them in a mighty way, that you'd, uh, man, meet them where they're at, that you'd deepen their love for you and begin to expand their heart to be closer to your heart, um, and that you'd, you'd challenge some of these people to go, and not even just short-term, but, man, to, to go long-term, to give up their lives to see the gospel go. 
And then for the rest of us in here, man, I pray that, that, you would, that they would be cindered. Um, yeah, Father, I, I just pray that, man, you'd use this group in a mighty way, that there'd be unreached people who are unreached now, but who will be in heaven one day because of the impact of the men and women sitting before me. Man, I, I, Father, we need you to work in us in a mighty way, and you've given us incredible promises to do that. And, uh, yeah, I just pray that we'd all be a part of your global purpose. And to that end, Father, I just pray you'd be glorified. Um, it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.